excited to be speaking to you today on something that I hold very dear, a big part of my own path to my vocation and also uh, my own spirituality day to day, and that is living life inspired by the Holy Spirit, living inspirations of the Holy Spirit. It's a great theme, I think, for this uh, novena of Pentecost, of living in the Spirit. It's a big need for all of us. We love our Lord. We're trying to follow him continuously, but in the day-to-day, in a very active life, whether it's at home or at work or in the apostolate or ministry, we are constantly trying to live out what the Holy Spirit is asking of us, and there's a real need. There's a thirst. How do I live inspired by the Holy Spirit? That's what we're going to talk about today. Full disclosure, I'm inspired for most of these reflections from a book that I read and really confirmed a lot of things that I had been learning and then continue to learn since I read it, is Jacques Philippe's book, In the School of the Holy Spirit. And in that book, he spends some time, actually gives 10 recommendations on how to grow in the inspirations of the Holy Spirit, how to cultivate and increase these inspirations of the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want to share with you today. So just some introductory points, some introductory thoughts that uh, may help as we, as we delve into this theme. And I'm going to start straight away from, from a reference to our own spirituality, spirituality of Raynum Christi. And I take it from the statutes of the Raynum Christi Federation. And in the second section, it's going to the foundations of the Federation, the foundations of the Raynum Christi Federation. And it starts with, as you would expect, the spiritual foundations. And one of those spiritual foundations is obviously our devotion and the action of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's number 19. I'm not going to quote it verbatim, but I'm just going to highlight a few things as we start to delve into this theme. The Holy Spirit, consoler and sweet guest of the soul. We've heard that before. Know the guide and builder, architect, um, artisan of our transformation into Christ and our apostolic fruitfulness. And that's what now is the, the line that I really want to focus on is, therefore, we cultivate an intimate relation with, relationship with him, seeking to be docile to his inspirations to walk along peacefully along the path of the will of God. Cultivating, therefore, the inspirations, being docile to his inspirations to walk along this path. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How do we cultivate these inspirations of the Holy Spirit? How have I cultivated these inspirations of the Holy Spirit over my life? Um, first of all, we can't, just a few introductory thoughts to keep in mind here. We can't doubt that God wants to grant this grace to us. Each one of us needs this grace, and so our loving Father wants to give us this grace. But he's not going to do it the same for everyone. Each one is different. And just like any good parent, God knows how we're different and then gives us the Holy Spirit and sends us inspirations really according to our personality, according to our way of living and learning, and adapted to each one of us. No? It's also clear that the inspirations of the Holy Spirit shouldn't be something rare in the believer, shouldn't be something rare in a random Christie member. We should live frequently in touch with the Holy Spirit. It's something God wants to do, and it shouldn't be rare in us. It's also true that as children of God through baptism, 
we've received the Holy Spirit already. In confirmation, that grace of baptism has been increased in us. We're adults now, full of apostles. So we've received that sacramental grace of the Holy Spirit. And St. Thomas uh, Aquinas says it this way. The Holy Spirit's goal in us is to prepare the soul to follow promptly the inspirations of the divine spirit. Now he says that in his Summa Theologica on the question 68. So he continues, the gifts of the Holy Spirit make us capable and make the faculties of the soul capable of submitting themselves to the inspirations of God. So not only does he give us that grace, but then the action of that grace makes us more and more able to listen to that grace. Every Christian then should ask for these inspirations and this grace. Now the amount of them and how frequent they are in the soul will depend on God and will depend on our ability to receive him. But now I'm going to give you some tips. We'll try to get through, you know, five here. Five tips of how the Holy Spirit can grow. And then in a second uh, day, I'll give you five more. So we'll get that total of 10. The first one, the first one is practice praise and thanksgiving. Practice praise and thanksgiving. This has been important for me. Now, full disclosure, I grew up in the charismatic renewal in the Catholic Church. From a young age, my family got very involved in a charismatic community, Catholic, there in in Ohio where I grew up in Akron. And so it was frequent. We would go to the prayer meetings. We would have our Wednesday night prayer meetings, our Saturday prayer meetings, our masses together. Youth group would meet together on Friday nights. So it was a regular getting together, receiving formation. And one of the things, if you're familiar with the charismatic renewal, one of the things that's actually a lot of people who aren't as familiar at least have this image of is they're big into praise. Big into praise and worship, giving thanks to God, hands in the air, etc., etc. Now, as maybe for those not familiar with, may be a little uncomfortable, those who have understand how important praise and thanksgiving is to helping the soul open up to God. And in fact, in our methodology or approach to meditation each day, isn't it true that one of the first steps, the preparatory steps to mental prayer is coming into God's presence and making an act of faith, hope, and love, which is nothing more than acknowledging who God is, believing in him, hoping in what he wants to give, and then desiring it. Now, this is very much the heart of praise and thanksgiving. But I'd say, if we have an attitude of praise and thanks to what God is doing in our life, that prepares us to receive more and more action of the Holy Spirit in our lives. St. Teresa, the child Jesus, says, What most attracts the graces of our Lord is thanksgiving, because if we're thankful for the gift he gives, his heart is moved, and he sends us ten times more. (laughs) That's a simple way of saying when God sees us grateful and moved by the gifts he's giving us, he wants to give more like any loving father would. Now, you could the opposite would also be true. Lack of gratitude, coldness, not recognizing, not praising God for his goodness and his gifts and the action that he takes in our life can close our own soul towards receiving them and also sends a message to God. We don't recognize it. We don't take advantage of them. So praise and gratitude. At this point, I'd like to mention just a quick story. of I was on a uh, walking through Chicago, uh, going to an appointment and crossing the street, and I saw across the street a, a poor man. There he had a cardboard sign 
asking for support was a Vietnam vet. And as I came closer to him, he said, Reverend, I want you to know I am a blessed man. And I said, oh, really? It was cold, windy day there in Chicago, as is often the case. And I was a little, you know, chilled as I was trying to get to the, into the building. And I said, tell me. And he said, I'm a blessed man because here I am. I have a corner office, wonderful people walking by me every day. I get to see beautiful people like yourself. I'm a blessed man. I was like, what a great attitude. This poor man who had very little was there and was happy, was outgoing, was greeting people, was seeing all the positive in his life. And he lived beautifully. And so I asked him, where did you discover this relationship with God? He said, well, after I got back from the war and began to try to, and it was going so bad, I realized I needed the Lord. I turned my life over to him, received the power of his Holy Spirit. And ever since I've been living this blessed life, it was that conversion and openness to the Holy Spirit that helped lead him to such a great and positive attitude. And so God spoke to him regularly through the people that walked by. So first tip to increase the action of the Holy Spirit in your life is just praise and thanksgiving. Do it at the beginning of your meditation. Do it throughout the day. Cultivate that attitude of praise and thanksgiving. Second thing that you can do to increase the action of the Holy Spirit in your life is ask for it. Ask for it. And that's, once again, something that's always helped me. Ask for it. It's, it's, it's a common theme in my prayer, at least, in the mornings. Come, Holy Spirit. It's a prayer we all pray regularly. Come, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in us the fire of your love. We're petitioning and asking. And in my meditation, I say, Jesus, come and give me this grace that I'm asking. Do not turn your face away from me. Look with mercy upon this, your child who's asking for you. This constant barrage of asking, parents know, especially at that two, three-year-old age when they're just tugging and insisting, and as Jesus says in the gospel, either he's gonna give it to the insistent widow, you know, that unjust judge, just for her insistence. And so petition, ask for it. Say, I need the Holy Spirit, beg for it. And that will increase God's action in your soul. Ask for it. A third thing I'd like to hide, highlight for you, a third recommendation to increase the action of the Holy Spirit in your life and get your soul prepared to see it and to respond to it is, and this is a toughie, and uh, help me, I'll, I'll walk you through it. Resolve not to deny God anything. Resolve to give him whatever he asks. It's that abandonment to God. It's that openness. To him, it's that trust. No, take Lord my freedom, my spirit. No, surrender that prayer of abandonment, which I love of Charles Defecold. You know, Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I'm ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O oh Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. And I offer it to you with all the love of my heart, for I love you. I still need to give myself to you with boundless confidence, for you are my Father. That's the prayer of abandonment of Charles de Foucault. Beautiful attitude of just resolving and, and cultivating your heart. Lord, I don't want to deny you any. I want to trust you as my Father. No? 
Now, this doesn't mean we have to be 100% capable of living that out in every decision of our day of total abandonment, never denying God anything. And so until I can actually get there of not denying him anything about then I can say that with truth and sincerity. No, it can be a desire of our heart, even if that desire is still gaining ground and effectively being part of our will's choices throughout the day. But the desire is there. The intimate, I don't want to deny you anything. And so it's important with that determination, you know, to open ourselves with God, that that's what I want, you know. And we should say, and this is a beautiful quote, we should love obeying God, you know, more than fearing disobeying him. We should love obeying him. So those times I love obeying you. And there'll be times when, yes, because of my weakness or even because of my sin and my pride, I will disobey. But my heart rests in that desire, in that loving, obeying the Lord. No. And I'd also encourage you, and here's a little uh, thing that I've run across, is in this desire to abandon myself to the Lord, sometimes the devil can work there and become a little bit of a, a scrupulosity that, oh, because I want to obey and I want to be attentive to God's action, Holy Spirit, I'm constantly on the lookout. I don't want to deny him anything, so I want to. And it be, create a certain tension, a certain scruple, a certain anxiety. As we know, that's not where the Lord is. The Holy Spirit is there in peace and serenity and confidence and openness. And so as we practice this third recommendation of not wanting to deny God anything, of living in abandonment to him, I recommend a real comfortable abandonment, a childlike simplicity, a just opening yourself up to him and trusting that he understands me and I want to be open. And when I see inspirations, I'll follow them with confidence and with trust. And they can be small or big inspirations. Sometimes the inspiration for me is, I should call that person. I'll just get on a phone call, but no, it's been two months, it's been a month and a half, it's been six months. If I feel the inspiration, I'll reach out, send a text, send a voice message. That's the way God works often in my, and many times I'll get the answer back. You can't imagine the timing, the importance. I had a particular friend, a Lumen member, who was battling blood cancer, and, and he was here in Sloan Kettering in New York, and on several occasions, I felt the inspiration, check in with Bob. And I would call him in almost to a T every single time I did that over that two year period of his battle. It was in a timely moment where he had received news that morning from the doctor or he had gone through a particularly difficult time or he was waiting to get news on a blood, uh, a donor match for a blood transfusion. Or his wife would pick up the phone and it was a particularly difficult moment for her. Being open to those inspiration of the Holy Spirit of when to reach out, when to act, when to forgive, when to say you're sorry, when to offer care and concern, when to say yes to an initiative that you've been asked to participate in. Listening to the Holy Spirit and responding in those moments with freedom and not trying to deny God anything really brings a lot of freedom and a lot of fruit. The fourth recommendation for increasing the action of the Holy Spirit in your life is Practice this trusting and filial, childlike obedience. If we want God to reveal himself more of his will to us, more of what he wants us to do, more of his inspirations, it's important to begin just by obeying and listening to the things we do know is his voice. 
obeying the commandments of the church, obeying the Ten Commandments, trying to practice the Beatitudes. There are many things in our life that we know are already what God wants. They're already His will, already what He's inspiring us to do. And so just obeying with childlike simplicity those things we do know opens our soul and our heart to those things that maybe are not as clear and that he'll reveal to us. So start with what you do know, that quiet, simple, childlike obedience to what God is asking is the beginning of then many more inspirations where God will speak and reveal and make himself known. Acts 5.32 says, and we are witnesses to these things, Acts 5.32. We are witnesses to these things, ourselves and the Holy Spirit, who has been sent to those who obey him. Even in the Acts of the Apostles, they recognize this correlation. The Holy Spirit is sent to those who obey him. As we obey him, we receive more of the Holy Spirit. As our will is more inconform with God's will, his Holy Spirit comes to us in new in more beneficial and more powerful, powerful ways. Therefore, it's important, as the Acts of the Apostles says on a few occasions, it's more important that we obey God than men. Many times our fear of what others might think, fear even of how it will make a little uncomfortable for us can hold us back. You lean into that, you trust that, you trust the Lord and you obey with simplicity, as I said before. The fifth one, the fifth recommendation for how to increase the action of the Holy Spirit, is to accept, to practice acceptance of God's will. And I call this just kind of that acceptance and that obedience to the events of life. You know? uh, that's an important area uh, of our spiritual growth. You know, Mother Angelica, if you've read the book on, on her sayings, uh, we've read it a few times in, in spiritual retreats that I've been on or that I even preached, I've used it. And she says, if you're wanting to know if it's God's will, if it's happening, it's God's will. You know, in her simple kind of terse, direct manner, if it's happening, it's God's will. What she means there is God permits a lot of things that maybe aren't his desired will, direct will, but he is permitting it and it's his permissive will. And so accepting the events of life, things as they happen, things beyond our control that we can't change. That peaceful acceptance of what God's doing and permitting opens the soul to the action of the Holy Spirit. I find when I exercise, and this is a, a little bit of a personal experience, is I like to do some stretching when I exercise. And Many times when you're stretching, the tendency of the body, because of the pain of your hamstrings or other things, you kind of tense up because you know it's coming. You know, as you're bending over, as you're doing that upward dog, when you're stretching out, you know, uh-oh, here it comes, and you can tense up. And that doesn't help the stretching. What you need to do is relax, breathe, let the pain come and go, and kind of ease into it. And as you breathe and ease into it, what do you discover? You actually can stretch more and go beyond that point of discomfort and maybe up to the edge where it's okay, that's, that's about right. And day in and day out, your capacity expands and your ability to stretch. But fighting against it day in and day out, tensing up and fearing it doesn't allow for growth. So what we need to do 
is that path of acceptance, accepting the things that happen, even the painful things, accepting, not tensing up, not rebelling, not, just like, okay, here it is. Lean into it, acceptance. And that calm and acceptance opens yourself up to discovering the beauty there, discovering where God is acting. His inspirations can speak to you. There's not all that noise of rebellion, but there's a peaceful openness and acceptance to what God wants. And this isn't just fatalism or a passivity. It's like, whatever. All right, I guess, if you want it, Lord. Okay. No, it's, okay, Lord, if you want it, all right, I accept. I lean into it. What do you, why are you, what's the good you want to bring out of here? And that's where my heart goes because I'm not tense, I'm not against it. I'm not rebelling, no. So if God is permitting it, then I want to also work with his permission to discover the good that he wants to bring out of it. No? As we know that beautiful passage of Romans 8, 28. No? God allows all those things for the good of those who love him, for those who have called according to his designs. No? It reminds me also of Mark 14, 36. You know, Abba, Father, everything is possible to you separate from me you know this chalice take away from me this chalice but not as my will yours be done father all things are possible so if this chalice is here you can take it away but if you leave it let your will be done so those are just a few things a few tips of how to help the holy spirit be active in your life and we'll continue on with others to come, but I encourage you to meditate, think about these things, and let the Holy Spirit teach you and work so that he can become the consoler of your soul. So as the number of our spirituality, number 19 says, we can cultivate that intimate relationship with him. We can look to be docile to his inspirations and to walk that path of the will of God with peace. But thanks so much, brothers and sisters, and continue on with great peace, great joy, and great openness to the action of the Holy Spirit during this novena of Pentecost.